Amen. Well, welcome to our Wednesday midday evening service for those that are sitting here in the house and those that are out there uh, in TV land. All right, so, so we're going to get into this word. Uh, we started last week with the message, Sexuality's Voice, and we spent time just talking about because we're in a culture where it seems like uh, people are making choices, decisions, passing laws, and and, you know, even operating off of uh, the voice of sexuality, you know, versus, uh, you know, here us as Christians, we are encouraged or implored to operate from the voice of spirituality. All right, so, so, so we talked about a little bit of that last week, but I'm going to review just a couple of things just so we're on the same page this week. And we'll start here with James chapter 1, verse 12. James chapter 1. Verse 12, it says this, it says, blessed, blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own, keyword of his own lust, and enticed. And then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin, and sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. Right? And then it says here, do not err, my beloved brethren. All right, so, so we, we recognize here this pattern, you know, a lot of times where we understand that temptation is in this life because of the adversary. We'll get to that here in a second. But our job is to endure temptation, not to slip into temptation. Then last week, we actually went into 1 Corinthians 13, a familiar passage at our church, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, thought as a child, understood as a child. When I became a man, I put off childish things. When I became a man, I put off childish things. First Corinthians 13, 11. And so it says when, I'm, when we're childish or self-centered or focused on ourselves, we think like children, we speak like children, we talk and act like children. But when we mature, we put off childish things. When we mature, we put off childish things, right? And then uh, verse 12, let's, let's look at First Corinthians 13, 12. Bringing us back up to speed from last week. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, 12, it says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. So here you, you connect the two scriptures, 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, spake as a child, thought as a child, understood as a child. But when I matured, when I became a man, a mature male or female, I put off childish things. I don't think, speak. And I don't process like a child anymore. And then it says, when I'm at that child stage, I'm not seeing clearly. I'm looking through a glass darkly. Things are foggy, um, not as clear. So I may make some dumb or foolish decisions. But when I mature, I see face to face. It says, now we know in part, but then we shall know even as we're known by God. So here you have uh, James chapter, two, chapter 1, verses 12 through 15, that says we have to endure temptation, Right? And it says, because if we fall into temptation, because of our own lust, it'll take us into sin. Sin, when it's finished, it'll take us into death. But then 
this scripture here that says we can't be childish. So a child is more susceptible to fall into temptation, not just experience temptation, but get sucked into temptation. But when we mature, we're not, we're, we're not just falling into temptation all the time. We, another scripture we talked about last week, 2 Timothy 2.22, it says flee youthful lust. Flee youthful lust. So that word flee means to run in terror. Right. So so in other words, if, if I'm in a, any proximity to anything lustful, when I'm a kid, I might be just naive, <laughs> you know, just like walking into stuff. But when I mature, I'm aware of my surroundings and I'm not just haphazardly stepping into the quicksand of sin or lust like that. Right. So it says flee youthful lust. So but that would be parallel to the first Corinthians 13 scripture says when I was a child, I, spo- I spoke as a child, thought as a child. Right? Understood as a child, but I'm not a child now. I do, then we also read 1 Corinthians 6.17. No, 2 Corinthians 6.17. 2 Corinthians 6.17. And so, you know, the scripture walks through uh, verse 14. It talks about don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What fellowship has light with darkness? Kind of walks us through, you know, you know, how can you be spiritual and be married to an infidel. It goes through all that process. Then when he gets to first chapter 17, it says, come out from among them and be ye separate. So, so, so the scripture is already saying you're among them. It's just saying come out from among them, right? And be ye separate. And we talked about it last week, how you're born into this world of sin and shaping in iniquity. All right, so he's saying come out from among them, be ye separate, because how do we get like caught up among them because Adam and Eve yielded to compromise in the garden. You know, sin was introduced to our lives and flooded our world, you know, because of the compromise. You know, Eve eating other fruit and then, you know, giving to Adam, right? Let's go here, Genesis. Look at Genesis real quick. See how we got caught up in this world of sin and in this process of temptation where sexuality is having a greater voice in our life than spirituality. All right, so Genesis 2.25, we talked about this last week too. It says, uh, look, uh, so we talked about after he made them and they were bone of bone and flesh of flesh. And uh, verse 24, the man should leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, right? And they shall be one flesh, right? Verse 25, and they were both naked. This is key here, underline it, highlighted in your Bible. Naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So, so the thing is, when they, they started out as one, and it says they were naked, totally exposed, like no, they were totally unguarded, and they were unashamed. Why? Because they were such in the presence of God. So, so it's a good example for, for couples. If you're in the presence of God, shame is not an option, right? And it says they were unashamed. Now, that would be ideal, Genesis 2.25, right? Let's go over here in Genesis Three, where things started to shift. <laughs> All right, so, of course, we know one through five is when uh, the serpent tempted Eve. Hey, man, go on and eat this. God's tripping. Man, go on and eat this fruit. So, verse six, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took 
of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her and he did eat. Verse 7, look, and the eyes of them both were open and they knew. See, remember they were already naked and unashamed. It says they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Right? So they knew that they were naked and they, they, they hid themselves. Right? Uh, verse 8, it says, and they, and they heard the voice of the, the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees in the garden. Right? So up to this point, they're naked and out of shame. They eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now they're, they knew they're intimate with their nakedness or with their flaws and the things that they didn't like. And now they covered themselves first with leaves. And then they hid themselves not just from God. They hid themselves from the voice of God. Right? It's because it said they heard the voice of God and they went running. <laughs> right? So this, this process of us running and falling into temptation, it started with these two kind people that uh, set us up. Right? And so, so the reality is we were born into this stuff. Uh, but the interesting thing is we're, direct, we're directed in the Bible to be born again. So we were born into hiding from God. Uh, but that's unacceptable to purpose. You know, we were born in the appetites of lust for abuse and perverse desires. But the scripture says you must be born again. In fact, it implores us you must be born again. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Again, we're talking about sexuality's voice and how this culture is making decisions playing off of sexuality's voice as opposed to spirituality's voice, right? And sometimes sensuality's voice, feelings, but not God's voice. All right, so John chapter 3, verse 3, and Jesus, Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, it says, verily, verily, so he's imploring him. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So if he can't see the kingdom of God, he's just making decisions based on what he sees on the earth because there's no other options. He's not basing decisions based on God's word or God's voice. He's basing decisions on man's words and man's voice, right? He says, so if you're not born again, you can't see this kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said unto him, which we would have asked if somebody said this statement, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, the birth you're talking about is when a child is born from water. He says, so that, that, that's that's your first birth. That's how you got born into this stuff. He says, so except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he was telling him, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, verse six, it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He says, marvel not, I say unto, unto thee, ye must be born again. He repeated it again. So here you have this process as we're born into this world, this world that was shaping in sin and iniquity, according to Psalm chapter 8. And so we, we get in this world and we're going to be subject to the temptations of the world through different types of lusts. It could be fears. It could be 
uh, promiscuity, is what, all these things are consumed with lust. So we have a culture where sexuality's voice is, has, is so authoritative where people say, make statements like, I was born that way. Well, we were all born into a crazy way. But as, as, as when God pretty much came to us, and that's why he sent Jesus to say, ho, 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 I didn't, you were born in, into this world, but you don't, you're not supposed to stay in the dirt. <laughs> I need you to evolve. You weren't born to conform. You were born to transform. You know, Romans uh, 12, 2. He says, so, 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 I didn't, no, 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 don't stay in the dirt. Evolve. That's like a seed being planted into the ground and just stay there. And then you keep talking to the seed, the farmer's like, yo, like, can I get some corn? You know, can I get some oranges, something? And the seed's going, man, you don't understand, man. I was born this way. But we wouldn't take that from a seed, but we take it in everyday life. Well, the scripture says you must be born again, all right? So that, that, that takes all of, of all of us what everybody is doing. I mean, you could, your kid could be sitting at home lazy, not wanting to go to school. You can walk in the room. Based on the laws they're passing now, your kid go, you don't understand, mom, I was born this way. And then you go, oh, my bad. Yeah, just sleep as long as you want. That's how we roll it? Or your, or, or your wife never comes home. And you call up. So are you come home? You don't understand, honey. I was born this way. I mean, we could just do this all day, right? Somebody keeps stealing from you. They could be like, hey, 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 whoa. Back up. I was born this way. Where does it end? The point is we were all born into this sinful world but we must be born again, right? All right, so, so Romans 8. We'll go to Romans 8 real quick just so we're uh, creating a stepping stone so when you go study this out on your own, the Bible says don't just take the man of God's word for it. It says, the, it says be like them that, are, that were of Thessalonica. It says they searched the scriptures to see if it's so, Right? So we got to go take this information and go back and break it down for ourselves. Don't take pastor's word for it. All right, so Romans 8, uh, we'll start here with verse 5. It says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now, word mind means counsel or led by or, or, or focused on the things of the flesh. Right? It says, they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So it's amazing how people call themselves spiritual, but they're after the things of the flesh. Right? It's just amazing. They're, they're, they're listening to sexuality's voice, not spirituality's voice. It says, uh, okay, verse 6. It says, for the, carnal, the carnally minded or the fleshly minded, uh, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the Lord God. The word carnal, carnality, is fleshly mind. It's, it says, uh, is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So when we consume ourselves in the flesh, the flesh can't obey God's word, even if you try. So anytime we feed the flesh, you can best believe we're going to be disobedient. Verse 8. It says, so they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So anytime we yield to the temptation of the flesh or sexuality's voice, we're not going to please God. So we talked about last week how in the garden, before they, when they were naked and unashamed, they operated spiritually, 
The spirit influenced their soul. That's where your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imagination is, your soul. That's what, this is your choice station. It's where you make choices. But the spirit, remember, spiritually minded is life and peace. The spirit influence in the mind will lead your body into being obedient to God. When they sin, they flip the script. They flipped it from spirit, soul, and body, and, and body to body, soul, and spirit. So now they were being led by the flesh. The flesh now is influencing the mind, so now that's carnal mind. And they're actually smothering, suppressing the spirit. So that's why, as Paul said in Romans 7 in the previous chapter, things that I want to do, I find myself not doing. Things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? The body is having more influence on me, leading me to death. I'm a walking zombie out here. I can't get moving into fulfillment because my flesh won't let me. And so, so God put us in a position to be born again, to flip the script. Where now the spirit is leading us. And we read that in Matthew 26, 41. The spirit is indeed willing, the flesh is weak. So you always want to uh, see if we could do it this way. We haven't done our interview in a long time. Let's see. But I'm tearing stuff up. All right, it's cool. All right. I need you stay right there. That's the flesh. Hold on a second. Got to get a cheer for the spirit. Spirit ain't wearing no lap cloth, so. <laughs> yeah, so cheer for the spirit. Here you go, fella. Take a seat. All right, so you, 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 you come into this life and, and you, you've been partners with the flesh for a long time. And, of course, the flesh is weak, so you fall into temptation, tripping into temptation, slipping and dipping into temptation. Uh, busting your head in temptation. You're almost like every time you try to move, you're stuck by, by it. So you realize, I have to adjust my relationship. Then you run into man or woman of God, and you realize what? You must be born again. So you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and now the Spirit is awakened. Or the Scripture says regenerated in, in uh, uh, I believe it's Titus, right? So now you, you're, your spirit is made alive. Quickened is what the Bible calls it. So now, 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 now the script is flipped back. So it was your soul, where your choice station is, was being led by the flesh, right? And, and suppressing or knocking down the spirit. Every time the spirit had a thought or advice, you just knock down the spirit, right? But now the spirit's in your life, right? And so the soul is neutral. That's why the Bible's always talking to the soul. Just like that scripture we read in Romans 8, it's saying, hey, 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 soul, right? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Soul, to be fleshly or carnal minded is death. Soul, walk in the spirit, Galatians 5.16, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Talking to the soul. Soul, spirit indeed is willing Matthew 26, 41, the flesh is weak, right? So it's, it's communicating to the soul what choice to make. All right, so you get into a situation, right? 
you know, you, you're a Christian now, right? You're Christian. You, 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 Jesus, Jesus. You talk to people about Jesus. Man, I was at church. We gave my life. I just got baptized last week, man. Just got baptized last week. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to read my Bible every day. Trying to read my Bible every day. You know, I'm just trying to grow in this thing. You know, I'm just trying to grow. You know, y'all go to Ares Christian Church and you get into this situation and you do something crazy. The flesh responds. And so you go, okay, we got to have a meeting, right? So you had this meeting and you go, okay, spirit. Help me out here. You're supposed to be in my life to help me not succumb to this fool. So what is you doing? And so the spirit is like, listen, man. With all due respect, we did go to church on Sunday. Uh, If I remember correctly, uh, we missed discipleship class, you know, but what, you know, I think we got there late. So instead of the 45 minutes, let's say we got 20 minutes of that. After that, we had service. 10.30, we got out at about 12.15. I'll give you the other 15 minutes and just round it off to two hours. So that's two hours and 25 minutes. Matter of fact, I'll throw in the other 20 minutes that you missed because you was late and give you the other 45 minutes. Two hours and 45 minutes on Sunday. Whoa, boy, I was, I was eating good for two hours and 45 minutes. The whole rest of the day, you watch the movies you wanted. That was influenced by the flesh. I ain't had nothing to do with that. You listen to the music, influenced by the flesh. I ain't had nothing to do with that. Now, in all these situations, flesh eating good. I, I'm not getting a meal out the deal. I, I mean, respectfully, I understand you're trying to get on me, but I'm still trying to, trying to, trying to live off of the two hours and 45 minutes on Sunday. Monday, I think you, you, you might have five minutes right before you went into the office prayed. So we can add that if you want. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because you, you didn't go to the Wednesday. Sir, you didn't, I mean, you're frowning your face at me, but you was not at Wednesday service. So you didn't get fed there. Um, Thursday, Friday, then we show up Sunday. You did have your hands up, lifted. Listen, man. It's malnutrition over here. When you got in that situation, I went to help. The flesh bowled me, knocked me out the way. I I need to eat to have strength. If I'm not eating, how can I stop this fool from running running your life? You feed him good. Listen, remember you was at the mall? Looked at whatever you wanted to look at. You was watching all types of curves and stuff like that at the mall. I ain't had nothing to do with that. That didn't feed me. I'm just letting you know I wasn't fed. He got fed. Oh, oh, that, that, that app that you're watching on your, on your phone that people think like you on Facebook and stuff like that, you're watching all that stuff that's popping up and stuff like that, that fed him, not me. All I'm just saying is, can I get a meal? Can a brother get a biscuit? And I'll keep you out of those situations. See, so that's the deal. The deal is what you feed the most is going to be the strongest. Going to have the greatest voice. So sometimes we're feeding the flesh, expecting the spirit to respond. It just doesn't work that way, right? All right, so we said, like, even in, uh, with Eve, she saw, let's go back to Genesis. I'm a, I like to triangulate these two scriptures. So Genesis 6, uh, she says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, right? She saw with her eyes, right? So that's the lust of the eyes. And that it was pleasant to the eyes, right? 
lust of the flesh, pleasant, right? And then uh, and that the tree uh, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, the pride of life. If you go here, first first John. Let's go to first John two. So those those particular things that 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 Eve had to process through was tools that the adversary has been using forever. Same tools. I was uh, watching the game. I was watching highlights. I didn't see the game. But the commentators was like, I mean, you would think they would pick up. They're, doing the, they're running the same play over and over and over again. Like, you would think you would be able to defend it. Like, they're doing the same play. And then uh, I have a friend that uh, there's a well-known preacher. When he travels around the country, he has three sermons. He just rotates the three sermons. That's all he preaches. But he's just going to different places. But then he lose track that I came here already. <laughs> right? Well, he's just preaching three sermons. Well, the adversary three moves. But they've been working. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Right? And it says, look, verse 16, 1 John 2, 16. He says, look, for all that is in the world, in the adversary system, uh, and, and what we were born into is the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It, look, it says, is not of the Father, but is of the world, meaning of uh, little g, Satan's, Satan's system, right? right? So, 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 again, there's nothing new. It's just the same game. So, so this is the thing. So that's why we have to be born again or, or embrace salvation. We can't win without salvation. You know, Paul said, I pray that you're sanctified, Holy Spirit, soul, and body. So, so sanctified where the spirit is influencing the, the, the soul, and, and, and these two are purifying or disciplining the flesh. That's the ideal situation. Sanctified, set apart for God's use, the master's use, not set apart for the the world's use. So this wholeness starts with the soul, as we said. So that's why everything is being spoken to the soul, right? Uh, Matthew 16, 26 says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? And so, so we, we, we did an example with some youth some years ago. I, I, I probably did it. I think I, I was speaking in... Um, in Columbus, and I did it with the congregation also, but I just did a little interview. I said, okay, tell you what, this is what I'll do. I'll give you a, I'll give you a billion dollars, and I'll give you uh, eh, 10 years, seven years, eight years, whatever, eight to 10 years of success. I mean, you the man. I just, it, it sounds like a good deal. Uh, I just want your soul. Hold, hold, for your answer, before you answer. For anybody answer out there watching on video, right, um, you get to keep your spirit. Spirit is important, right? And you get to keep your body. You're in the mirror all the time. You still get to keep your looks and your style and your flavor, whatever, all that. You get to keep wearing your nice clothes. I just want your soul. I mean, what's the big deal? It's the soul. I mean, you get your spirit. You know your spirit is important. You're there to worship him. Let's worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. Right? So you get to keep your spirit. You are a spirit. I mean, that's who you are at your core. And you get to keep your body? Come on, man. 
You can, you, can, you can style profile. You can still make your moves. You can cross over. You can do all that stuff. I just want your soul. And look, oh, oh, for your answer, don't answer quick. For your answer, look, billion dollars and, come on, 10 years? 10 years, man. Listen, you could be, you, you know how people be coming out of nowhere and you'd be like, where they come from? <laughs> Wonder what they gave up. But, you know, I, I just want your soul. And some people have taken that deal in life. And so they go, 10 years, billion dollars, right? Rolling, styling, profiling. When the 10 years is up, the average says, go, give me your life. And they go, I had 10 years to take my life. Cool, I'm going to heaven anyway. Oh, no, 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 no. I have your life for eternity. Well, well, ho, ho, no, 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 man, I'm not trying to spend eternity with you. Well, you don't have a choice. No, 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 I, 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 I want to choose Jesus. You can't choose Jesus. I got your choice because I got your soul. That's where you make your choices at. I got all your choices. Oh, you, oh, oh, you know, we used to say this in, in Jersey. Oh, he with us. <laughs> no, no, you with us <laughs> for eternity. And so, so that's the thing, like, we, we, we have to realize some of these, these sexuality voice trainings, you know, you got people have these little trainings that they do, virtual trainings, or you listen to stuff in the air. These voice trainings are training us to lose our soul, are training us to lose our salvation. So we have to watch, you know, um, because it, it, it starts with the soul. It doesn't start with the spirit. The spirit is already willing, right? And the flesh is already, already weak. It starts with the soul. It starts with the place you're going to make your choice. And we're we, we just tripping. We're out here just tripping, not, not realizing uh, we're being set up. So that's why we have to muzzle sexuality's voice. I mean, I, I know this culture. Everything, like, to me, it's just amazing. Everything is playing off of sexuality? When does that ever make sense? Like, you're making major life-changing decisions for culture on sexuality? Are we serious? Not on spirituality, not God, sexuality. And, and almost uh, uh, trying to ruin people's flow, career, lives, locking folk up, sexuality? It's, it's, it's some weird stuff out here. Like, they're, 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 uh, this, is, this is true. Are, they changed the, the, uh, the age limit for sexual consent, uh, I believe it's California. So now as a younger, it could be like 13 or something. So let me ask you something. Most of the people around here have been 13 or whatever. Does the person really know what to do? I'm not talking about do they know how to have sex. I know 13-year-olds that have sex. I worked in corrections forever. Um, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, but do you really understand? See, this is, this is what we don't understand. So remember when you was a kid, you know, uh, some of y'all maybe, maybe this didn't have this experience a lot of people have, where you start liking people, well, either liking boys, liking girls, or whatever. And remember uh, the first time you had a chance to hold that person's hand? Something went through your body. I don't know what it was. It, see, y'all forget about a little stuff like that because y'all, everybody got clouded. Like it was just, just holding a person's hand shot through your whole body. You know, you know, some of y'all probably went home and was like, 
no, I can't wash my hand. They touched me, you know, but it, it, it affected you. But after a while, you holding hands and you don't feel nothing because your body is, is amazing. It's designed to, when something comes in and interrupts its flow, makes it feel some kind of way, the, it, it develops an immunity. I have to be able to function with this effect now. So I have to be able to neutralize the effect as if it doesn't exist. So now you hold a person's hand, you don't feel nothing. So now, okay, now you kiss on the cheek. So you get a kiss, I'm never going to wash my face again. <laughs> right? Because so, so, you got, they kissed me. No, for real, it was like a kiss. It was almost like a kiss kiss, but it still was a kiss. Right? But you felt something. But all of a sudden, a kiss on the cheek, you're like, man, they just kissed me on the cheek, man. That's all? Yeah, man. Could at least give me a little kiss on the lips or whatever. So then you advance the kiss on the lips. Right? And you feel something at first. But after a while, man, yeah, you know, kiss on the lips. Lips, I had to be, I had to watch what I said. I forgot. You know, I had to be tactful here with the kids. Because uh, I was about to say something. All right, but you remember the advanced kiss. I'll say it like that. <laughs> right? So you went to the advanced kiss, right? And, and so, so, but each thing, all of a sudden, it, it, it didn't really feel nothing. So then you got into intimacy, right? You crossed over, right? And at first it was, <laughs> but all of a sudden, they, they ain't doing nothing. So now you need other stimulus to stimulate you. Like, this is the thing. If you're not in a covenant, it's lust. Lust is insatiable. You'll never be satisfied. There's no such thing. It, it just keeps creating another thirst. And so, this is the thing. That's why, you know, I have granddaughters and people in my life that see me as a father. I, my protection is, hey, don't be letting nobody touch you until you're in a covenant because you don't know what to do with that. So now you're going to respond. Now, now, look, sexuality, your flesh now is determining your response. How you flow. You plan off our hormones and emotions, not spirituality. You're going to be clouded. Butterflies going to have you all infatuated. Dopamine and serotonin going to kick in. That's the cuddle hormone. And you're going to be all, <laughs> I'm in love. Yes, you are in love, but it ain't love. It's just infatuation. It would happen to anybody in that situation. That cuddle hormone kick in, man, that's why the babies cuddle. That dopamine is, and, and all that stuff is in the, in the, the milk. Yes, yeah, I said that way, right? So it's, it's the same thing that happens to your brain. It's the same thing that's in cocaine and stuff like that. It's the same thing they put in there just to get you addicted, right? Addiction is different than covenant. It's a, di it's a difference. It, that's not, you're not, you can't even hear the spirit if you're addicted. Even if you're in a relationship, you're addicted to the woman. Even if you're in a marriage, you're addicted. You can't hear the spirit to do what's best for the person you love. Right? So you don't want to operate being led by the flesh. It'll get you in trouble. That's why all this stuff, when we're playing off of sexuality, look, people are so clouded. Hey, let's just change the age. 13, that's a good age. Who does that benefit? It definitely doesn't benefit the 13-year-old. Who does that benefit? Those that want to exploit the 13-year-old. I know this is on video, but it's the truth. 
That person hasn't crossed over to an age of maturity. What can a 13-year-old do for an adult? They're kids. You understand what I'm saying? But they, they keep changing things, blurring the lines. And that's, that, that's, that's man, forget all what's happening. I'm talking about we're, we're children of God. We're supposed to manifest as kings and queens of God. You can't if you cloud it. You'll settle for less than who you are so fast and think you're successful. Well, you might be successful, but you're not fulfilled. Right? That, that, that's why you're still lusting. Because you're thirsty for fulfillment that you're only going to get going God's way, being led by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Right? Does that make sense? See, sexuality is where we're tempted to sin. You're not tempted to sin in spirituality. Are you kidding? It's sexuality's voice. Why? Because Satan and sin nature has tried to gain access to your soul through the doorway of your flesh. Satan and sin nature tries to gain access. That's the only place he can get access. Hey, put up uh, um, uh, the natural person. You, they have it on, on, the, on the screen. Oh, thank you, guys. All right, so, so, so this is from uh, uh, Master Life Discipleship Class, Book 2, The Disciples' Personality. And we had talked about, if you look at the, how, it's, how it's designed, it has, uh, um, it has God, soul, and body, but it's really spirit, soul, and body. And then it has, you know, our sight, our sound, our smell, taste, you know, our, our, our feelings, mind, will, emotions is within the soul, within the circle. And then if you look inside that, 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 that pathway, those are really two doorways. The top is the spirit. The bottom is the flesh. If you notice, the top is closed, but the bottom is open. And see, that bottom is open because the natural person has the door open to the flesh, but closed to the spirit, closed to God. The spirit is closed to God. 1 Corinthians 2.14, is the scripture is on the top. It says, the natural man doesn't understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, for they're spiritually discerned. All right? They're spiritually picked up. People in the natural can't even pick up God. Everything God says is foolishness to them is what the scripture says, right? And so, so this is what the adversary does. He wants to gain access, and the only way he can try to tempt you is to your flesh, right? And so, so, so then you, you go through this process. Let's go to the next one. It's the worldly Christian. Remember, we... we, we um, we read in Romans 8, uh, to be carnally minded is death, or fleshly minded. Uh, they'd have to flesh minded things of the flesh, they'd have to spirit things of the spirit. So in this design, if you notice, both of the doors are open. And this is where a lot of people settle at. And this is why uh, where sexuality has, has a voice. Sexuality actually has a, has, has a voice over the spirit in our culture now, because see, people are open to God, but look, that door to the flesh is still open. So it's kind of uh, uh, diluting or it's uh, tainting even when you are, let's say, a Christian and, and uh, things you want to do, you try to do. Romans 7, 14 through 23, the things I want to do or I, I, I don't do, things I don't want to do or find myself doing. It says, what wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body, this flesh of death? And that's because We've, we're open to the spirit, but we're still open to the flesh. But uh, we did a thing a long time ago. I don't know how I can do it now, but uh, maybe I could use the chairs. All right, so I'll use the chairs. We'll do it like this. 
All right, so, so when, I, when I first gave my life to God, remember, I, I was hanging with the flesh. I was cool with the flesh. So I, gave, I give my life to God, and I start uh, taking in some things of God. So I open the door, like I said, the top door to God. But, and so as I started to grow in God, I'm about maybe right here. It's probably not cool. Let's do it like this. Let's put you over here. I ain't messing you up, am I, sir? Okay. All right, so, so when I start to, to give myself to God, I move further away from the flesh. So I'm doing better than I did before, right? Right? I, I, mean, I, I mean, I was like <laughs> chilling with the flesh. But now, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But if my goal is to be with God, I'm further away from the flesh, but I'm still not to my destination. So let's say I take on the, or I get tempted, and I take on some, something fleshly. Well, I'm going to snap back here. Why? Because I'm closer to the flesh than I am to the spirit. So I can't be nowhere near flesh stuff. But sometimes when we're doing better, we go, man, you know, that's a little drink ain't going to hurt. Or a little, this ain't no big deal. It's been a long time. And it has been a long time. But you're still closer to the flesh than the spirit. And that's why we have to watch. You know, we have to watch keeping that door open to the flesh at all. We need to let's go to the spiritual Christian. All right, so the spiritual Christian, if you notice, the, the gate is open to God at the top. I know we got a lot of scriptures there, but it's open to God at the top. Um, and then it's closed to the flesh. But not only is closed, you see written over there, crucified. Romans 6 is, is, says, I'm crucifying the flesh. I'm mortifying my members. No, no, no. The flesh don't, not only does it have a voice, you know, the flesh has been beat senseless, right? The flesh is beat senseless. It's not even, it's not, see, I can't go back to the flesh because the flesh ain't an option. But in some, some of our lives, the flesh has been us. So I've crucified the flesh, and I'm open to the spirit, right? And that's kind of how we're, we're trying to operate as spiritual Christians, to be spiritually minded as life and peace. That makes sense, right? So let's go to uh, Psalm 59 in the time that we have left. Let's just, uh, again, so we try, we're trying to uh, muzzle this sexuality's voice, and so... See, again, it's not even about, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, uh, I think a lot of people say, you know, Christians are against this and they're against that. It's not, even, it's, not, it's not even like that. You know, when I talk to, you know, my family, I have conversations with my son, grandson today, I'm trying to share with them what's best. But depending on the position they're in at the time, it might not be comfortable. But my job is not to convenience them in, in a place of destruction. Now, they, they're not in destruction, but I'm using that example for anybody. My job is not to convenience somebody. God's trying, remember, if we're in the dirt, God's saying, I'm not trying to make you comfortable in the dirt. I'm, I'm letting you know, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. That, that wasn't the plan. You can evolve from there. You can transform. And so when someone starts to give you truth to free you from something you're bound in, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Which is no pain, no gain. Right? But, 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 but just like 
when you, when you, when you pumping that iron, it's going to hurt, but it builds strength. And so, 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 with this culture as Christians, listen, there's no, we're not, nobody's debating, nobody's fighting, and, and, and you love everybody, but you, you, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.15, you speak the truth in love. So you give people the truth to free them. But you can't make, you go to the prison and you give somebody the keys to get out. You can't make them use the keys. But you've done your job to give them the keys. So if anybody out there, oh my God, so he's, he's, he's talking against sexuality, this, that, and the other. No, I'm actually saying I'm a Christian and this is what the Bible says. And we can all be free from the bondage of sexuality. There ain't nobody watching right now. I don't care what you're doing. That sexuality has actually been your benefit. Even if you say you've gotten pleasure, at what cost? In some cases, it's been blind spots. In some cases, it's been blindness. In some cases, it's that argument you had just before you start watching this today. In some cases, you can't move. You can't move because every time you try to move, you self-destruct because your flesh speaks up and destroys everything you're trying to grow in. That's because you've been listening to sexuality's voice, so you've been playing off of more lust than operating in God's love. It's not rocket science. All this craziness out here, people doing stuff you've never seen before. Do you think those people would do that if they wasn't listening to sexuality's voice? See, lust clouds you, every one of us. It creates blind spots. Like, okay, so I took an eye exam. I was telling Isaac in a week or so, I'll be wearing glasses. And so this is so interesting. All my life, this is what I said. Yeah, you know, it's like, you need glasses? Do you wear glasses? No, I don't wear glasses. I see perfect out of this eye, and um, I can't see far out of this eye. So all the years of playing basketball, is, you know, I, you know I'm, like right now I see everybody clear, you know. I can read stuff. I can read Carolina on your shirt, you know. I can read sexuality's voice. I mean, I, you know, I can read the seat thing. Seat, unavailable. I, so I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I'm good. So my wife says, hey, babe. Uh, you, uh, she did an eye exam because she, she wears uh, uh, glasses, contacts. So she says, uh, maybe you should do it because we've been trying to take care of our health. I was like, cool. Yeah, I just said cool. But honestly, I was like, okay. But they already told me, like, I should have wore a patch over my eye when I was a kid. I would have developed the strength in this eye. Now it, it would be painful for me to see. This was in college back in the 80s, so I never went to an eye doctor again. I was like, well, y'all can't help. Why go? I can see. And so the lady, they took me through this, this process. She says, uh, she says uh, okay, look at this, look at this, look at this. So when the doctor came in after I went through the test with the other person, she says, okay, so she says, uh, uh, your left eye, you can't see far away, but you can see close up. All right? She says, your right eye, you can see far away, but you can't see close up. I said, huh? What do you mean I can't see close up? She says, oh, no, she says, you haven't been able to see close up for a while. You've just been in denial. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I see, no, this, this is my line. I see perfect out of this eye. What are you talking about? So when she said it, I was like, okay. So she, you know, she gave me a prescription. But, I'm, but I thought it was like a prescription at first. Man, you can see, but hey, we just give you a shout out for a prescription. You know, you use read, because I use reading glasses. I've been thinking about it since I was at that thing. And I said, wow, you know what? I was told to use reason glasses when I had a visual migraine because I, I was reading, I read the, the whole Bible in like uh, two months for this class, right? In this other book. And so that's why I started using 
reading glasses. And these, this is like the lowest, what is it, 150 or whatever. It's the lowest one. So I've been using them. And so, so, so a lot of times when I'm up here reading, I, I say to myself, if I, if I spend a lot of time on a computer, I need these. But there's times I'm up here and I don't need them. I'll just be reading. But Riley, right now, when I'm looking here, I can read this, but it's blurry. It's been blurry for a long time. And then my wife said, you've been squinting a lot. So for, for a long time, sometimes I don't use the glasses, and I'll be reading, and I'll be going like, and I'll, I'll be squinting. But when I look down, nobody can see my eyes, but I'm squinting. And she said it. She says, baby, well, you know, lately I noticed you've been squinting a lot. You know, she'll come in, and I'll be reading and studying, and I won't have no glasses on. She's like, you need glasses? I was like, no, I'm good. She's like, yeah, but you were squinting. I said, no, nah, I can see. The reality is there was something I couldn't see. But this is the trip. Remember, I could see far away. What I couldn't see was right in front of my face. Y'all think I'm talking about me? <laughs> see, that's the, that, that's the thing. When lust clouds us, there's stuff right in front of our face we can't see. Right, it's right there. And you, you fighting, you arguing. The person, the person agreed with you like seven times ago in a conversation, but you're so busy defending yourself, you can't see the truth that was communicated, like, oh, man, I never looked at it that way. What's wrong with stopping to listen and going, I never looked at it that way? Man, that's a good point. Man, I'm sitting there arguing, and I ain't even hear you. <laughs> All right, so let's go to, uh, what did I say, Isaiah 59, I'll tell you go there. I was just playing, Isaiah 59. I wasn't playing, I just told you the wrong thing. Isaiah 59. I look at here, verse 3, the prophet Isaiah. It says, uh, for your hands have defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity, right? It says, uh, it says, your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered perverseness. So you're communicating uh, perversion. It says, none calleth for justice nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth inequity. Then you got inequity spoken twice. You know, as my wife was sharing, continuing without repentance. You know, you're so caught up in your lust, like you're so clouded. You, you, you ever, like, uh, been in a stage of your life where you make a mistake and you try to fix the mistake by making a mistake? Well, a lot of times we do that with finances, right? You, know, you make a mistake, you know, I know in the early years, you know, he messed up the finance over here. We're like, oh, good. Once we get this loan, boy, what? We're going to be straight. Wait a minute. So we're in debt. We just got debt to pay off debt. <laughs> so, yeah, we, owed it. we owe five over here. We owe one over here, but it's still the same amount. So we just extended our debt. You know, we extended the years and everything. They, they just started the clock all over again, right? Just dragging us for another seven years, right? But we do these things like we, we, we create, mis uh, we try to fix mistakes with mistakes as opposed to embracing the reality and the truth of the situation. But that's what our culture is, sexuality's voice, that flesh voice. See, flesh or sexuality blurs reality and perverts God's true voice. See, it's hard for us to hear. God is a, has an inner voice. Scripture says in Isaiah, it says uh, there was an earthquake, but he wasn't there. There was, a, there was a thunder, there was a thunder, storm. He wasn't there. It says, but there was a still, small voice. God is not competing to be heard. 
He's not competing. So you allow all these other voices in your life, and God's like, okay, so I'll just be here when you want to listen. But, but, but I don't have to compete. I'm not trying to prove myself. <laughs> like, I'm not insecure. I know I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you know, they're trying to convince you of a truth. And, and so, you know, the, the, the voice of the flesh is feeling. So you want to watch, I feel this, I feel that. But the, the, the other dangerous part is the heart of the flesh is sexuality. See, so, 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 so getting us caught up in lust to a point where our, our, why, why, our own voice is tainted from speaking God's truth. Why is that important? The Bible says you're snared by the words of your mouth, Proverbs 6.2. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18.21. So you'll actually start speaking what the adversary wants you to speak. So we gave this example a long time ago when you're in a situation, the adversary is a deceiver. So what he does is he'll, he'll, he'll put up a screen, put up a set in front of you, give you a picture and just, because he can't stop you, he's hoping you use your words against yourself. So he'll give you false evidence appearing real and just be behind the screen going, speak it, speak it, speak it. There'll be a misunderstanding and he's behind the screen going, ooh, get mad, say, oh, see this the wrong way. See this, please speak, 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 speak crazy. Do not say nothing that God says, right? But we're supposed to be so uh, filled with the fullness of God, as it says in Ephesians 3.19, that, that we speak out God's words, not what the flesh is outlining. You know, we're not caught up in this iniquity. Scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. See, 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 the, our solution to this situation is God's word. You know, flood ourselves with the word, we'll speak God's voice, God's word. Uh, spirituality will have a voice. John 15, 3, you're clean through the word. The more words you put in, it cleans out the stuff that's in you that's trying to corrupt you. Uh, John 15, 3, I gave you that. Psalm 119, 130, inches of the word bringeth light. It gives understanding to the simple. Clears out all that crazy and stopped you from operating as stupid. You know, thinking you're smart, but all your actions are stupid, you know. You know, because some of us are smart in our own minds, right? We, we used to say a legend in their own mind, right? All right, so, 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 so let's put this up, because I, I, I at least want to spend some time talking about it, uh, just so we have an understanding here. Because we, we, what we see is we operate sometimes in... Um, sin and inequity, sexuality's voice, sexuality is trying to put us in a place of sin. And, and, and sometimes we process sin in so many different ways. Now, we know it's separation from God, but, uh, uh, well, they're probably going to have to listen. I don't, you don't have it for up here, do you? All right, that's cool. But you do have it for the people online, right? Yes? Okay, cool. All right, so, so, so number one, sin. Sin is trespassing off of God's values and perfect will. Trespassing off of God's values, getting out of God's presence, right? Um, each time we sin or disobey or trans, tra- transgress or trespass, you know, we commit sin. Um, we commit what's called a sin of commission. Um, I'll just do this in a few minutes just so you, you, we have, all have an understanding. It's not even the 
condemn anybody, but you need to understand. Like, like if you don't understand the, the, the boundaries of the lines, you can walk outside of the presence of God and destroy your whole life. So God wants us to understand what those lines are. So there's sins of commission. Now, sins of commission is direct disobedience. That's direct disobedience. It's not always you're doing wrong, but you're not doing the right thing. You're not obedient. You're not obedient. The scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I believe that's Romans 3, 23. But that's missing the mark, right? Missing the mark. Sin is missing the mark. Not hitting the bullseye. Not hitting God's standard of perfection. So it's not like you're overtly meaning to, you're just not. But disobedience, you know, God tells you to do something, you're going to do what you want to do. You know how we do. Uh, to fail to hear uh, or, or, or not listening to God speak. Remember, they ran from God's voice. Almost like, well, he, I ain't hear his voice, so I don't have to do it. Right? They ran from God's voice in the garden, Genesis 2, right? Um, so, so, so all that's the sin of commission. Transgressions, you hear about that. Transgressions, uh, to go on the wrong side of the law or to go outside the lines or the boundaries of God's protection. God's laws are for protection, not for prevention. God's laws are for protection, not for prevention. So, so, so that's what transgression is, you know, uh, just going outside. Um, and this is the thing. You're either on the right side or the wrong side. There's no middle ground. But we, we operate in our culture that tells you there is a middle ground. No, you're either on the right side or you're on the wrong side. First uh, John 3, 4. Uh, well, transgression was 1 Timothy 2, 14, just so you have it to study it out for yourself. Uh, people on, that's watching video, they actually have it. Actually, those that are here, just go back and watch the video. You get all, they, they have my notes, actually. All right, so whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for, this, for sin is, a, is the transgression of the law. Going outside the lines, 1 John 3, 4. Judges 17, 6 says, There was no king in Israel, and every man did which was right in his own eyes. Not what God said they did. That's a, Judges 17, 6. Uh, did what was right in his own eyes. And so you always hear stuff like trespass. You know, they got signs up, hey, no trespassers. That means uh, don't step over the line. <laughs> don't step over the line. Don't go outside of God's boundaries of protection. So that's just, qu- I'm just trying to give you some quick stuff. So you got sins of commission, then you got sins of omission. Sins of omission is uh, through not doing uh, the right thing, but the closer, uh, the closer we live in obedience, the less we commit uh, sins of commission. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, you know, you don't cheat, lie, steal, gossip, kill. However, you still uh, can operate in sins of omission. Um, so you don't necessarily have to do wrong to sin. You could be pretending that you don't hear or you don't know better. So, so you almost are operating in a lie in your inner man. You know better, but you're like, what? You, you know, people go, what? Oh, I'm, my bad. What? We, Oh, oh, I was supposed to do, I didn't know. Uh, so on the inside, you're really lying. You know, it's, it's, I'm omitting it. Uh, they don't see me. I'm not here. 
So we have to watch that. That's called errors when you're making errors. It's, it's the sin of ignorance. Um, but the reality is, is just because you're ignorant. So, so perfect example. If you're ignorant that, uh, uh, that you can't cross a particular line in traffic, and you do, and you get into an accident. You didn't get into the accident because you were trying to get into an accident. You get into the accident because you wasn't aware there was boundaries that you crossed. We, there's boundaries that we, we cross all the time. This young man here lost his job because he was late. So I thought, matter of fact, this young man, um, he's not here. He's in Fayetteville. I'll just give you a shout out. I remember he came in late uh, one time and he lost his job. And he said, uh, I, I said, how'd you lose your job? He says, I came in late. He said, I didn't think I'd be late for coming in one time. He still lost that job. They didn't change it because he wasn't aware. You know, and it, it probably was something written that you just didn't pay attention to. So, so we, we, we deal with mishaps all the time that we're not aware of. You don't get a pass because you're not aware, because you have access to be aware, right? You have access to be aware. Um, when, you, when, you, when you get home and you look online, you'll see all the different scriptures that relate to that. I don't want to spend all my time with that. Um, I do want to say this. Ignorance still has an effect. Look at the world since Eve. Ignorance still has an effect. So just, just you know, that's why the Bible tells us to walk circumspectly, be intentional. Pay attention so you don't have to claim ignorance, okay? And then you have sins of disposition. Um, that's an attitude independent of action. So um, in Matthew 5, I'll let you look that up for yourself, 21 to 22, 27 and 28. So, so think about this sense of disposition. Lust itself is independent of adultery. You haven't really acted on it yet. Hatred is independent of murder or revenge, right? You can drink the poison all by yourself and never affect the soul. The point is this. It still has an effect even though you didn't act on it. But you know how people say, uh, I wrote it here, um, uh, What's the statement? Uh, give me a second. Oh, I know what it is. People think, well, I might as well do it. Well, yes, you're wrong for processing it, but there's something that happens when you act on it that wouldn't have happened if you didn't act on it. So I might as well do it because I thought it, if I could say this respectfully, that's stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, thinking is probably bad, but you can cast down a thought. But once some actions you can't recover from, right? So, so, so there's no such thing as you might as well do it. That's why we cast down all imaginations and every high thing exalted, exalted itself against God's God. Bring the captivity of every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So let me just conclude just this whole package of sin God's remedy for sin is confess, confess. He says he'll forgive you of the sin and cleanse you of the unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Um, because sin costs God so very much, right? So we need to be more sensitive to sin in our life, not for condemnation, but to make sure we're not, for lack of a better word, spitting in God's face, okay? All right, so that's, that's just... Our today, sexuality's voice, we'll end there.